1: Thanks, buddy.
2: Can you guys stay standing for a moment? I'm just going to pray. At the men's breakfast yesterday, or after the men's breakfast yesterday, which was, which was great, uh, Scott King said to me, he said, man, the things our people in our church are going through. And uh, it's, so it's so true. so true. So, Lord... what matt just read i pray for for our church today for the worries that weigh on people for the conflicts for the grief that some are walking through uncertainty God, despite all that, you can, by the power of your Spirit, strengthen us to such a degree that we know deeply how much you love us, where that love overwhelms us, sustains us, carries us. I pray that you would use our time in your word to that end. pray in your name. Amen. You may have a seat. Well, we're continuing a series that we've been in, that we started recently, called Powerful Prayers for Weak People. This is a series about specific, practical prayers that we can pray to a powerful God, to... Move in our hearts, and our souls, and our lives, uh, admitting our weakness, admitting that we are powerless to change ourselves. We're powerless to lift ourselves up by our bootstraps until we pray and say, God, do a work in me. Week number one was uh, fill me with your spirit. We can pray over and over again, God, fill me with your spirit. Week number two was restore my hope. And then last week, uh, Pastor Rigo talked about grant me wisdom for everyday living. Anybody praying for wisdom this past week? You find yourself praying more for that? I hope so. I hope so. This week, before I tell you what the sort of title is, I want to do a little, um, I want to take a poll, sort of a competition. There's a song that was sung by um, Bob Dylan, Garth Brooks, and Adele. They They all did the same song. Which, by a show of hands, you can only vote for one, which version do you want to hear? Let's start with Adele. Raise your hand if you it's Adele. Okay, okay. Put your hands down. Got it. How about Bob Dylan? How about Garth Brooks? Garth Brooks won it, I think. Garth Brooks won it. Garth Brooks is my favorite version, so that worked good, too. So, Jeff, why don't you play a few seconds of that song.
0: When the rain's blowing in And
2: the
0: whole world is on
1: your case I would offer you a warm To make you feel my love
0: The evening shadows and the stars there is no one to dry your tears I would hold you 40 million years To make you feel my
2: love Anybody recognize that song?
0: It's a good
2: song. It's a good song. That song, Michael Matt was a DJ for Evan and Amanda Carter's wedding last week, and that song came on, and I started dancing with one of my—it's okay— I started dancing with one of my daughters um, to it, and I was just thinking about those words. I've loved that song for a a long time, Um, but I was just thinking, like, these lyrics are quite profound because it's acknowledging and implying that we can love someone, but it's a different thing for them to feel our love, right? Like, we can love somebody, but we can also, because we love them, want to do whatever it takes for them to feel confident of our love. And I was dancing with my daughter and I was thinking, man, as a dad, what I wouldn't do for her to know how much I love her. Even when I have to say no to something, I want her to feel confident. It's because I love her. In marriage, my wife and I just did the five love language life group with the, the, the Rivera's and the door led it. And it was a great study. The premise of it is that we all receive and give love differently. And so if one person gives it, and receives it with words of affirmation, and they're writing their spouse a bunch of love letters, but their spouse is acts of service, and wants help around the house, they're not going to feel very loved. Like, I don't want these love letters. I don't want you to help me. <laughs> Unload the dishwasher. Right? And if we really love somebody, we won't say, well, this is how I show my love, so get over, right? We're like, no, I'll do whatever it takes. And how much more does the God of the universe, if he loves us, wants us to feel his love? How much more would he go out of his way to make sure we feel his love? Not just believe it in our head, but feel it. He made us emotional beings. And I believe he wants us to be confident and feel this confidence in his love. Too often we don't. So too often I struggle, right? And what happens is when we don't feel confident, when it's just a doctrine on a piece of paper, oh, God loves us, he sent Jesus to die, when it's just on a piece of paper, then what happens is we can sing songs about it in church, we can talk about it in our life groups, but then we leave here and we face a hardship in our life and all of a sudden we're acting or reacting as if we're on our own. Anybody have a freak out moment in the last month? Where if you were honest with yourself, looking back, you would say, yeah, I kind of acted as if God didn't exist. Anybody have a freak out moment in the last month like that? Yeah, it was like God didn't exist. Or if he existed, he didn't care about me. Yeah, when we don't have this confidence, what's what we do? When we're in conflict with somebody, if we don't have a confidence in God's love, if we're not feeling this, then we're going to be more prone to be defensive, more prone to be on the attack. Are less prone to listen empathetically. If we're not confident enough of his love, then even when we try to tell other people about our faith, it becomes this uh, debate where we're just looking to be right and convince somebody about a, a theoretical truth instead of sharing from the core of our being with them this love that we've experienced that we want them to experience. So I believe God wants us to not just know in our heads, but be confident in our souls that we are loved by Him as our Father. And so the the title of today, the prayer for today, is Reassure Me of Your Love. Reassure Me of Your Love. Reassure Me of Your Love. This is the prayer to get in your minds for this week, to be praying this week. Reassurance, because we need reassurance. We are fickle human beings. We get distracted, we get pulled in different directions, we go through dry seasons, and we screw up, right? And sometimes our screw-ups cause us to doubt His love. Anybody ever have trouble praying to God after you screw up? Because you feel like, well, maybe He doesn't want to hear from me right now. I need to put in a, a good week first? Yeah. You don't need to put in a good week. You need reassurance of his love. That's what you need. So that's the title for today. Reassure me of your love. Baptize. Those of you getting baptized. Three of you getting baptized. I want you guys, before you get in that tank, to really pay attention. This is really for you because you're, what this is declaring is that you are adopted, but you're going to be on this journey of doubting. Doubting your standing with God. Let, let's go to John. In in John chapter 1, it says this, Yet to all who did receive him, that's Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So all who did receive Jesus, God gave the right to become children of God. So prior, they weren't children. Now, what does that mean? Well, I thought everybody was a child of God. No. Not in the sense that John's talking about here. Everybody's created by God, loved by God, but not a child of God in the sense that John is talking about here. I have three daughters. I love them. Love them dearly. There's also kids in this church that I love. I, I love Gabe Mercado. I, I, I love the Carlson kids. I, I love a lot of the kids. I have nephews and nieces that I love. But none of those other kids, including my nephews and nieces, do not, none of them experience my love the way my three daughters do. My three daughters are under my authority, under my roof, my responsibility, their dependence legally. So they. Benefit from and experience my love in a way that no other kid does. However, if we were to adopt one of your kids, let's say, and we promised the courts, we're going to treat this child like one of our other three daughters, everything would change for them. They would experience our love in a different way. Those of you who have adopted. My aunt uh, Mary and Uncle Dave adopted. I know Steve Remuel and his wife adopted. Some of you guys others have adopted. The a said, you you said to the courts, I am going to treat this child who was once far from me, disconnected from me, like one of my own. And that's the idea here. Through Jesus, we become adopted into the family of God. And God, the creator, Becomes our father. We have a new standing. No longer orphans. No longer having to look out for ourselves. Everything changes. And baptism is a declaration. I'm in the family of God now. Through Jesus. He paid for my adoption. But because of life. Because of our sin nature. Because of the devil being on the prowl. Because of the world's brokenness. Because bad things happen in this broken world. We start to doubt whether or not that's true. We start to wonder, did I really, with that prayer that I prayed, was that real? Maybe God sort of loves me, but he doesn't really like me anymore. We start to struggle with those thoughts. And so we need constant reassurance. And thankfully, God does not just want to leave us saying, hey, just believe it, believe it, it's in the Bible, just believe it. No, God gave his spirit inside of us. And this is why the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8, let's go to Romans 8, he said, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Now the context here, right before this, he's talking about those who are led to put to death their sin nature, put to death the things that they used to enjoy that were not healthy, not not right in God's eyes. Our our taste buds change when we belong to Jesus. We go, no, the things I used to do, I don't want to do it anymore. And that's an indicator that we belong to him. We're going to talk more about that next week. Then he says this, The Spirit you received doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So the Holy Spirit comes, dwells in us, leads us to uh, change our ways, want to change our ways, and gives us this confidence that we are God's children, his sons and daughters. The the reason it says sonship, because sonship, the sons got the the inheritance at that time. So he's saying all of us, sons and daughters, get the standing of Jesus. God looks at us and says, I'm going to give you All that Jesus deserves. Frank is going to get all that Jesus deserves. Ain't that good news for Frank? Not, Not what Frank deserves. Thank goodness Frank's not getting what Frank deserves. He's getting what Jesus deserves. And the Holy Spirit reminds him of that. Says, hey Frank, don't worry. You're not getting what you deserve. You're getting what Jesus deserves. You're a son. You belong to him. God's your father. He loves you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He testifies with our spirit. He's a witness to our spirit. He reminds our spirits. He gives us this confidence to cry out, Abba, Father. That word, Abba, many of you know this. It's it's not a casual word for father. It's an intimate word for father. It was the cry of a young child, Dada, right? Don't think of a teenager saying, hey, Pops, you know, can I borrow the car? Think of a small child saying, Dada, hold me. That's, that's, that's the cry of a small child. Dada. And the Holy Spirit gives us this confidence that we can cry out to God with that. Dada. He testifies with our spirits that we're God's children. He reminds us when we need it. He reminds us when we have moments of failure, when we screw up, when, when we feel like we let God down. The Holy Spirit says, hey, that's Okay. That's okay, get back up. You're still a child. He loves you. He reminds us when we're going through dry seasons. Those of you getting baptized, you're going to maybe have a dry season. You're like, wait, where's God? I don't feel close. The Holy Spirit reminds us, hey, no, no, no. He's here. He's present. He's walking this season with you. Another way to put it is, Jesus paid for our adoption... The Spirit makes us feel adopted. Jesus paid for it. Paid for it on the cross. and His resurrection. The Spirit makes us feel adopted. Reminds us. "Ah, That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, the whole premise of this series is that we don't just wait for the Holy Spirit to do His work. We partner with Him in it. It's, a, it's about partnering with the Spirit's work in our hearts through prayer. And so that's why it's a, it's a prayer series. And so that brings us to the passage that Matt started us with from Ephesians chapter 3. I want to read this through. For this reason, the Apostle Paul says to the church at Ephesus. For this reason. What reason? He's been going on and on and on about the gospel and what Jesus has accomplished this great cosmic story of God redeeming the universe through Jesus. And he says, for this reason, in in light of this whole uh, cosmic story of redemption, I bow my knee to the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that according to the riches of his glory, according to the wealth of the God of the universe, he may grant you You, church, you, church at Ephesus, and you, true life church, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, the core of your being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Okay, so, nope, go back, go back, not yet, not yet, not yet. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Okay, so take this in. Paul says, I pray that you will be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit so that Christ can dwell. And that word for dwell is like, he's taking up residence in the house of your heart. He's, he's, he's not sleeping on the couch, right? He's not having to stay in the basement and we tell him, hey, you can't go upstairs, you can't, don't open this door, this isn't for you, you can stay here. No, he's, he's taking up residence in our souls strengthened with power so that we can fully surrender and say, Jesus, have your way. C.S. Lewis has a famous quote about how oftentimes we invite God into our lives, but what we really just want him to do is do a little, a new paint job here and rearrange furniture there. But what he's looking to do is tear that thing down and put up a new wing and completely re-ren- renovate That's what Jesus he, takes over as we surrender to him. But for the purpose of, now we can keep going, that you, so for the purpose of us being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's his prayer, that the power of the Holy Spirit will help you grasp how much God loves you. Rooted is a plant metaphor. The deeper the roots go, the stronger it can stand against rain, winds, storms. Grounded it was a building metaphor. The stronger the foundation for a building, you know, the stronger it can stand against wind, storms, floods. Paul says, I want you to be so rooted, so grounded, have such a strong foundation in God's love that when trials come your way this week, when things don't go as planned on Father's Day, when disappointment strikes, you go, no, God loves me though. I'm confident that he loves me. He's got me. He's redeeming this. He's working all things out for my good. I'm confident in that. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Look at verse 19. How do you know something that surpasses knowledge? That word for know is uh, gnosko. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it exactly right. Pastor Bilkin correct my my Greek later on. Um, But it's the idea of an intimate kind of knowing. It's kind of the same idea of that Jewish idiom that we see sometimes in scripture of uh, he took her into the tent and knew her. You guys know what that means, right? Cover your kid's ears. It was about sex. He took her into the tent and knew her. That was intimate kind of relations. So this idea is that it's an intimate experience with the love of God beyond what our brains can explain. It's kind of like this. I saw my wife give birth to three kids. I understand how contractions work. I understand how the dilation deal works, right? I understand what happens when your water breaks. I, I could probably even coach a woman through pushing. Maybe. But I would never dare say to a woman who's given birth, I know what that's like. I wouldn't. I don't have the gnosco kind of no. And Paul's saying that he wants us not to know about God's love, not to have the Sunday school answers. He wants us to know it. That's what I want for my kids. They know God's love. But they don't yet fully know it. None of us fully know it. And Paul says we can be ever increasing and growing in our knowledge of, our experience of God's love for us. So that's why the prayer is, reassure me of your love. So I want to walk us through five implications of this. Five um, next steps, action steps for us to take. You can get ready to write write them down. Number one, start each morning this week by asking God to remind you of your identity as a beloved child of God the Father. Remind me who I am. We start praying this so that we don't operate each day out of a different identity, right? If my primary identity is as a dad, then, what happens when I can't control their hearts? Do I feel like a failure? What happens when I'm worried about, am I driven by anxiety? If something else is our primary form of identity, then we're always going to be trying to uh, spin this plate and keep it going and do it perfectly or do it well, afraid it's going to drop. But if our primary identity, if my primary identity is as a son, I'm a son first before I'm a dad, that I can rest in His arms, I can trust my kids to Him. That's number one. Pray that for yourself. Because if you're confident of God's love, you're going to do a lot better loving others. If you're confident of God's love, you're going to have a lot more peace. Number two. Uh, pray this for others who are struggling who you're in conflict with, who are stuck in sin, who are struggling. Now, let's say somebody lost their job and they're freaking out. We should pray that God provides them with a new job. But being provided with a new job will not stop them from freaking out. Because the next thing that comes up, they'll freak out again. What do they need? A confidence of God's love so that when more storms come, they're not shaken. They freak out less. That's what people need more than anything else. That's what our loved ones need more than anything else. A confidence. God loves them to know how deep and wide and high is the love of God that surpasses knowledge. That's what our loved ones need more than anything. What about those who are in conflict with? What do they need? Well, of course, they need to know that I'm right and they're wrong. They need to know how badly they sinned. Or, more than that, although there's a place for that, but more than that, they need to know how much God loves them so that if they are in sin... What happens? They're free to apologize. When when, when we know God's love, we're free to go, hey, I was wrong. I completely was wrong on that one. I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to worry about my reputation. Reputation's on everything. Not if we're confident of God's love. Right? How about those stuck in sin? A pattern of sin or addiction. What do they need? If they are confident of God's love, have this deep reassurance, they're going to be so much less likely to run to whatever else they're looking to for satisfaction and fulfillment in life that is not good for them. This is what we need more than anything. Whatever, we're, whatever the burden is, this is what we most need. God's love to go deep, deep, deep in our souls. Number three, surrender any areas that you're holding on to. Let Jesus truly make his home in your heart. Again, if if, if, if we have this relationship with Jesus where we're like, hey, you stay on this side of the house and you can't go in these rooms, what are we saying? We're, we're saying, I'm, cutting, I'm, I'm limiting my experience of your love because I want to hold on to these areas. He wants to dwell in our hearts. He wants to make his home. And so we've got to surrender everything. And if there's an area that we've been holding on to saying, no, 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 not this one, Jesus then we're actually limiting our experience of being filled to the full with his love. So we surrender. Say, God, no, no, no. You take over here. You flip my life upside down if you need to because I know that in doing that, you're going to strengthen the roots, the foundation, so that I know, that I know, that I know you love me. Number four. Read the book of Romans if you haven't already. I said this two weeks ago at the end of the sermon If you didn't do it already, do it. It's just been on my heart lately. Like, read through it. It's just filled with beautiful, profound, doctrinal truths about God's love and who He is and what He's done and how big He is. We need Scripture as we pray this prayer, reassure me of your life. We need Scripture as, like, fuel for that fire, when I are reading scripture, like it's, then our brains are just filled with information from whatever podcasts or news outlets we're, we're, we got. We got to fill our brains with that so then the Holy Spirit lights it up in our hearts. And last, number five. Trust in Jesus and become a child of God. If you haven't. Jesus is how we become Child of God, Jesus. He made a way so that we can become a child of God. It is possible to believe in God, but not know Him as Father. It's possible to believe in God, but not have this confidence as a child. To reject Jesus, to say, no, no, I don't think Jesus did that. I don't think Jesus had to pay for anything. I don't think Jesus is the only way. To reject our need for Jesus is to say to God the Father, I don't actually want to be in the family I'll be a neighbor. I'll wave to you now and then. Ask to borrow your lawnmower, but I don't want to be in your family. And if that's you, make today a day where you say, no, I want to know God as Father. I want to accept Jesus who paid the price. And I want to ask the Holy Spirit to seal me and give me this security that I belong to him. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to ask that you guys repeat it after me if you mean it. Maybe you're in here, you're not a believer in Jesus, and you don't intend to become one. Don't worry about repeating this prayer. But if you are a believer in Jesus, or you want to become one today, repeat this prayer after me. You guys can close your eyes, or you can keep them open, whatever you want to do. But repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for paying For my adoption. Father God. Thank you for your never ending love. I accept my adoption. Holy Spirit. Give me reassurance of your love. Remind me that I'm a child of God. Amen. Now, what I want to do for the, the men in here, um, especially dads, father figures, but I'll include all, all men today, I um, just want to pray a special prayer for you guys. So can, you, can, can, can the men stand? Not just because it's Father's Day, but particularly to this truth, sometimes it's hard for men to be vulnerable to the point where we want to be providers, we want to be protectors, we want to be strong, right? And so admitting that... I need a reminder, God, that you love me, can sound needy. And it can sometimes be hard for us to admit that we are. And so uh, I just want a a special prayer for us that God's love would go so deep in our souls that we would uh, live out of it, live with a confidence in it. It would drive our emotions. But since I'm a dad and a father and a man, I am not going to pray this prayer. I have asked Donna Hack, one of our females, to lead us in this prayer to pray for our men. So Donna, would you come do the honors? And and fellas, put your hands out like this. It's just a posture of receiving, if if you would.
1: Father, we thank you for this precious word this morning about your love. And we all receive that precious fatherly love into our hearts today. And I pray, Father, for um, the men of True Life Church. I thank you for so many committed men who serve you, serve our congregations submit to our leadership and I pray for all of them but this morning I pray especially for every father here that as we've heard this morning they do not have to go it alone I pray Holy Spirit that you would draw them to the Father to your word and that in that word they would find wisdom that they would find rest that they would know that there's no condemnation for past mistakes, there's no fear of future challenges, that you're there with them, you've got them, you love them. And I pray, Father, that each, as each man, each father here makes your word the final authority in their home, that you would prosper each one and that they would be in health even as their souls prosper. Mm. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.